Thank you for tuning in to the Legacy Church Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Thank you so much. Who's ready for the word today? I'm ready for the word. Open up your Bibles to me to Psalm chapter 23 today. I believe God has a word for us today. I believe the word went forth in first service and touched some hearts. I know I was touched by the word of first service. And I, I believe that I believe there's people in this house that needs this word today. I want you to do a little exercise today. I want you to say amen. amen. Say amen. amen. Say preach that. Preach that. Oh, God, I need, I need you to help me to preach today. This is one of those I need help preaching messages today. Psalm chapter 23. We've been, this is our fifth week here um, um, in this uh, Psalm of uh, the 23rd Psalm, a famous Psalm. And we're going to verse five today, but it starts off in verse one. It says that the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul, and he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley. How many of you had to say yay this week? If you were here last week, if you didn't watch, if you weren't here last week, be sure you catch that. Yay, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And verse 5, where we're going today, says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Mm. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup runs over. Today, I am looking at the key word in verse 5, enemies. And I'm uh, speaking today with you on a topic that says, thank God for my enemies. Mm. Somebody say, thank God. I need a little more participation than that. Say, thank God for my enemies. Because in this day of modern technology and social media that we are living in today, it is so easy to mistake an acquaintance as a friend. Amen? It's so easy to mistake someone's profile picture as your friend. It's so easy in today's society to have 3,000 friends on your phone, but yet have no one you can call in the middle of a crisis. Amen? That is the culture that we are living in. And we live in this era of, that is defined by friends and defined by followers. There are people that pay for followers, literally. They, they pay for people to come follow them on networks. And we are defined by friends and followers. And a lot of the time, we don't understand that an enemy is just as necessary as a friend. Can I get an amen today? An enemy can be just as necessary for your future as your best friend can be. And if we don't know the purpose of an enemy, if we don't understand how to fight 
an enemy, our chances are, the chances are very great that we will be conquered by that very thing that we call an enemy. And I have said many times, especially even right here in this room behind this podium, that, that, that the Bible makes it very, very clear that the weapons of our warfare are not what? Carnal. In other words, they're not flesh. They're not humans. Those, those are not, they're not our weapons. They're not what we're fighting with or against. But it says they are mighty through God. In other words, our weapons are through God. Our weapons are spiritual. They're not of this world, but they are through God, which is spiritual. Amen? Do we understand that today? And the Bible also says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. We are not wrestling against each other. Amen? I know, I know we often get in scuffs and we often get in fights with, with each other human beings, but it says that's, that's, that's not who you are against, but you are against the enemy of principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness. But although, although we wrestle not against the flesh, somebody needs to help me preach this today, that the devil sure knows how to use people. Mm. Although we are not wrestling against each other, the devil really knows how to use your neighbor. And although we're not wrestling against that flesh, although we are in spiritual battles, there are people that you will cross that will look just like the devil. Amen. Y'all must not know who I know. I said, there are people that you will cross that they will end up looking like the devil. Amen. And they will not only look like the devil, but they will start acting like the devil. Not only will they start acting like the devil, they will start talking like the devil because the devil knows how to use people in such a way that distracts us, the believers, and can make a believer believe that a spiritual battle is actually an earthly battle. That's why the devil loves to bring people into your battle because he likes to confuse you and make you think this is an earthly battle when it's really a spiritual battle. In Matthew chapter 16, just jot that down. You don't have to turn there right now. But in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus is here and he is talking to his disciples and he asked them, who do you say that I am? And Peter is here and Peter says, I know who you are. Why, you are the Messiah. Jesus turns around and blesses Peter and he says, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. All of a sudden, the disciples hear that he is the Messiah, and Jesus begins to tell the disciples that after this, he is going through a, a, a journey to where he will be crucified. Now, Peter, the same guy that just got the blessings of the Lord, speaks up as only Peter can do, if you know Peter in the scripture. He speaks up and says, oh no, I will not let this happen. I will not let you be crucified. And Jesus says, no. No. 
No, that's why I've come. I've come to be crucified. And Peter's like, no, there's no way. I'm not going to allow that happen. So in other words, in other words, Peter was uh, pretty much saying, I'm going to stand in the way of God's plan for your life. This same Peter that was just blessed by Jesus, now Jesus turns around and says, guess what? Get behind me, Satan, for you are a stumbling block to me. I want you to listen to this today. Satan was behind it, but it manifested itself through a person. There will be times, a lot of times in your life where Satan is behind it. It's just being manifested through somebody. Can somebody agree with me today? And, and, you, and he's a, he says, Satan is, although Satan is behind it, it's coming through you, Peter. And I want you to understand that in life, you may have some struggle against things, but your main struggle will not be with things. Your main struggle would be with people. Amen. Your main struggle will be with people. You will encounter people that are like the windows of heaven. You will encounter people that's like whenever you see them, it's like it's like you can feel the radiant sun from heaven beaming down. Whenever you are around them, they're just like a ray of light from heaven. And while you will encounter people that are like windows of heaven, you will also encounter people that are like the gates of hell. And just like though there are both types of people on the earth, guess what? There are both types of people in the marketplace with you. There are both types of people on your job with you. There will be both types of people in the church this morning. Some will be like rays of sunshine. Some will look like the devil himself and they will walk in this place. But guess what? Although there are two types of people on the earth, guess what? You have the ability also to take on both of those. You're not that holy. Sometimes you can be a window of heaven. And sometimes I've seen some of you, you can be like a gate of hell. Look at your neighbor and say, he's preaching to you today. We have that ability where you've been in church and you've been worshiping and you've been in the word and you've been in your prayer and you've had healthy relationships and you are like a window of heaven. But then you step out of this place and somebody cuts you off on Broad Street and all of a sudden you open up a gate of hell. All of a sudden, instead of letting the light of heaven and you let a little more evil into this world and the devil knows what he's doing because he is your enemy and he's trying to hinder what God has created you to do. Get this simple revelation. This will change your life right here. Guess what it is? The enemy, your enemy is the devil. Isn't that profound? You don't need to go to seminary for that one. Your enemy is the devil. Has Some of you are looking at me like no one's ever told you that. Guess what? The devil does not like you. The devil is not your friend. The word says that the devil does everything that he can to steal, kill, and destroy everything that you have. The devil is not your customer. He wants to destroy your business that you've created. He wants to destroy everything that, that he can. He's not for you. He doesn't like you. 
If you know that the devil is your enemy, why do you keep playing games with him? Hmm. Why, if you know that the devil is not for you, why, how in the world are you expecting a heavenly victory when you keep flirting with evil? How? The devil is against you. The devil is your enemy. He will use a friend that stabbed you in the back. He will use a client with a bad attitude. He will even use a politician with a different perspective than you just to totally mess you up inside. But it's always the devil. Guess what? It's always the devil. He's just always manifesting himself through people. I want you to get this today because this, this, this would really right here affect the way that you fight in your life. Your enemy is actually an announcement that this season is over. What does that mean? Your enemy is actually an announcement to you that this season is over. You really need to get this. Because if you have that enemy that has just kept pushing and pushing and pushing against you and you're trying to figure out what, what, what is happening here, I want to let you know that it is an announcement that this season is over. Your enemy is a sign to you uh, that, that God has taken you as far as he can in this current state. Get this. Whenever a season is over, God will assign an enemy to be your exit from one season to another. Hmm. You need to get this. I'm telling you, if you can get this in your spirit today, it will change the way you look at people that come against you. There have been times when people come against me that they tried to stop everything. And if I would not have quickened my spirit in a moment, I would have stopped dreaming. But enemies are signs that something is coming and something is ending. I mean, look at the scripture. Before Israel could exit Egypt, God allowed them. God allowed his people to go before Pharaoh. Pharaoh was a sign this is almost over. It was a sign that, guess what? You're all right. It's a sign that, guess what? Something new is happening. It's a sign that this season is almost over. Look at David. David was promoted from a shepherd in the field to a king in the palace. By what? By an enemy. And an enemy was a sign to end one season of his life and give birth to another. And when an, and when an enemy arises, not only is it a sign that a season is over, but it is an announcement that a new chapter is about to be born in your life. You have been trying to figure out what this enemy is. You've been dying. You just, please let it stop. Guess what? God is trying to get your attention. That a season is almost over and something new is about to be born. Do you want to know why a lot of people can't get into new chapters of life? Because they are more focused on the characters that are in that story than they are the devil himself. And they think that person is holding them back. They think that job is holding them back. They think no education is holding them back. No, 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 no. Guess what? No, it's the devil. It is the devil. Enemies mark the end and the birth of something new. God realizes that this season is over. 
And before you can get to that season, the prayer life over here is not going to sustain you over there. The worship you are doing over here is not going to sustain you in the new chapter. So sometimes it takes a giant. It takes going over something before it elevates your prayer life. It takes getting through something before your worship deepens. And that enemy was a sign that says, guess what? This season is over. I've taken you as far as you can with that prayer life. I have taken you as far as you can with the worship. I have taken you as far as I can with you only reading the word once a week. Now in this season, this enemy marks something new. As I get older, I've come to the realization that we have a skewed idea of what blessed really means. Blessed. When you're 20, you think blessed looks like this. When you're 50, you think you're blessed if you just wake up, right? My kids are alive, praise the Lord. I got a house, praise the Lord. Our idea of what blessed means has been skewed throughout the years. We feel that blessed here in America is a new car. We feel that blessed are accolades that hang on our wall. We feel that being blessed are a new pair of shoes or a new dress. We feel that being blessed is whenever you rise to a certain status, that your face can be on the, on the side of a billboard. But look at what Jesus says about blessed folk. Look at Matthew chapter 5 verse 10. Matthew chapter 5 verse 10. Jesus is about to bust your American dream bubble because it says Matthew chapter 5 verse 10. Listen to what he says. This is Jesus. He says, blessed are those who are persecuted. You got haters? Well, praise ye the Lord. Somebody don't like you? Well, praise ye the Lord. You are blessed, brother. Blessed are those who are persecuted. You thought I was going to say something about a prosperity. Blessed are those who just got a promotion. Blessed are those who just got a new car. Blessed are those who just, who just got the new iPhone. Blessed, no, no, no. It says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. When you decide, let me tell you something real. This isn't, this isn't, this ain't gonna make you shout. But whenever you decide I am going to pursue God, what God has for my life. Let me tell you something. Persecution will come against you. Can I get a witness? Whenever you say, you know what? I'm going to live according to the word. Guess what? Persecution will come against you. Whenever you decide that you're going to stand up for the injustices of this world, guess what? Persecution will come against you. When you decide to live holy, I'm not living that way anymore. I'm, living I'm going to live according to the word. Guess what? A persecution will come up against you. As soon as you make that decision and, and, and you're trying to get your life together, there will be somebody who says, well, who do you think you are? You're a mess. You're a hot mess. Anybody know a hot mess? 
You a hot mess. You need to stop acting like you've got it all together. You need to stop acting like all your ducks in a row. Who are you preaching the word? You ain't living by the word. Just wait till someone finds out the real you. You're not perfect. Look, look at you trying to change the world. Blessed are those when you are persecuted. Blessed are those when they gossip about you. Blessed are you when they spread rumors about you. Blessed are you every time you walk into the room and they roll their eyes at you. Blessed are you. You are blessed. Guess what? That new dress that you have on, ma'am, that's not a blessing. You are blessed when they talk about you like a dog. You are blessed. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm blessed. Somebody don't like me. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I mean, look at Jesus has lost his mind just for a moment. Matthew, he continues. Matthew chapter 5, verse 11. This is how crazy he's getting. He's saying, blessed are you when they revile you. Some of you don't know what revile means. It sounds rough. The new chase version means, revile means, blessed are you when they hate your gods. You make them want to throw up. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I've come to realize that a sign of a good leader, not only does he or she have people that are following him, but they have a list of people in their pocket that hate them. Mm. They have a list of people in their pocket that are jealous of them. They have a list of people in their pocket that cannot stand when they do good. Does anybody have any of those in your pocket today? You got a list of people in your pocket that every time God blesses you, they can't stand it. And they roll their eyes at you. And he continues, Jesus, in this crazy talk saying, blessed are they when they revile you. Blessed are they when they persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Verse 12, he says, rejoice and be exceedingly glad. That's it, Lord. I ain't reading anymore. You're blessed. They hate you. Rejoice. Be glad. If you came to my office and you say, Pastor, I need counseling. They hate me. If I looked at you and said, rejoice and be glad, you'd leave my church. I'm going to start using that one-liner. It's going to solve all of your problems. It's going to save me so much time. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to look and say, rejoice. Be glad. See you Sunday. I mean, Jesus has lost his mind. If that was me out there telling people in the world, you are blessed whenever you are Whenever you're persecuted, just praise ye the Lord. It's going to be great. If that was me, that's, that, that doesn't sound like blessed. It sounds like cursed. People would thought I've lost my mind. He said, but when they are lying about you, when they are talking about you behind your back, guess what? Go ahead and rejoice and be exceedingly glad. He doesn't say get even. He says get glad. Get, get, get glad. Now listen, but people have been treating me like a dog, Pastor. They've been talking about me. They, they've been talking about me on Facebook. They went online and they're talking about me, but they won't say my name. Don't you love those people right there? When, when you just know they're talking about you. And, they, and they, 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 
They gave you a rough a review online. They don't know you, and you come in here. Pastor, help me. I need prayer. Pastor, can you give me five? Can you give me a five-point sermon on how to overcome the negativity people in my life? I think I need a massage. I'm about to have a breakdown. I need a haircut. Everything is just stressful. People are talking about me. Guess what God said? When you've got haters, he said, you've actually got blessings from me. When people hate you, I am blessing you in the heavenlies. And as soon as the worship starts on Sunday morning, guess what you should do? You should not sit here and bring out the list of people that have offended you. But instead, you should just start to thank those people who have blessed you. Come on, somebody. All throughout the week. And as soon as you come in here on a Sunday morning and the drums start, as soon as the first key is hit on the keyboard, as soon as the the vocalists start singing out praises, guess what you should do? You should not pull out your list and be like, I can't believe it. You should put that list onto your feet and just begin to worship the Lord with gladness. Why? Because he says you are blessed. I have blessed you. Don't get in it, just worship in it. Don't get in that fight, just worship in it. Don't get in that mess. The Lord said, you are blessed. Blessed are you if they hate you. Keep walking. Keep talking. Keep doing your thing. Keep doing it. Because you are blessed. Get this in your notes. An enemy is anyone that increases a weakness in your life that God has been trying to remove. Mm. You want to know what an enemy is? If that person starts hitting that place that you know you have, it's an enemy of Satan. I'm not saying that person is Satan. I'm just saying the devil is trying to use that person as an enemy in your life. Anytime there is someone in your life that just keeps hitting that weak spot, that weak spot, it is an enemy of Satan. Because listen, you will not be attacked where you are strong. You will always be attacked in your weakness. You can be a man. With a certain type of weakness. Follow me here. And in the middle of that weakness, all of a sudden, you start looking for a woman that can feed your weakness. Hmm. And in the, whenever you are weak, you start looking for people to feed your weakness. How many of you, don't raise your hands, I don't want to pray for you today, but how many of you, Whenever you get in a situation, in a weakness, you start texting, you, you want to find somebody who will agree with you. Yeah, I know there's nobody in here. You start looking for somebody that can sympathize with you. And sometimes there's a certain type of, of a man that whenever he gets a certain type of weakness, he may start looking to somebody who can feed that weakness. And then sometimes when that marriage is a little rocky, the enemy knows that man's weakness. 
And all of a sudden, he will be out in the marketplace or on his job. And some little woman walked by that, he's never, that he would never even look at before. He thought she was ugly before. But all of a sudden, something happened. She caught him in a weakness. This isn't to make women, this isn't about women and men, okay? This is a story. Women's not all, women are not the only problem. That's not what I'm saying. But all of a sudden, she catches him in a weak spot. And before you know it, she's like, I just don't understand how your wife can't see what she's got. Hmm. I just don't understand why your wife don't have you a hot cooked meal whenever you come home as hard as you've been working. And before you know it, that weak spot, the devil knew exactly where it was. And he used somebody to manifest himself to interrupt what God was trying to do. And in your weakness, if your weakness is a substance, guess what? Your weakness knows exactly what it wants and how to get it and where it's got to go. And if that substance is a weakness, your stomach is crying out for it all day until you get it. Why? Because the devil knows your weakness is even greater than you do. And he will use every weakness to destroy you. God is tired of his children being anxious over an enemy that he's already defeated. I'm going to say that again. God is tired of his children being anxious over an enemy that he has already defeated. Philippians 4, 6, 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Be anxious for nothing. And while God is tired of you being anxious, he is giving something inside of you. He's putting a treasure inside of you that makes your enemies anxious because the enemy grows anxious as he sees all of his efforts going forth, but it's not stopping your progress. Mm. Your progress in life, you may think you're, you, you may think you're making up a resume, but your progress in life is proof to the enemy that you can't be stopped because the Lord is on your side. Enemies get anxious when they realize that their time is almost over. You don't need to be anxious. Your enemies need to be anxious. And I want you to get this today. Fighting enemies, this, this, can, this can shift something. When your assignment of life is revealed, so will your enemy be. Mm. When your assignment is revealed, so will your enemy be. When Jesus got his assignment, his assignment with the enemy came immediately. Look at the word. Matthew chapter 3. It's the last verse in that chapter, Jesus is coming on the scene and his, his, his ministry is going public. He's being baptized in the river and here he comes. The Lord spoke 
In the last verse of Matthew chapter 3, he said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. In that moment, his assignment was released to the hillside. In that moment, his identity was released to the masses. In that moment, the last verse, the last sentence of chapter 3, and then guess what happened? The next chapter, which or the next uh, sentence, which is the first sentence in Matthew chapter 4, look what happened. Then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. As soon as you get an assignment from the Lord, guess what? Your, your enemy will come to. Mm. Jesus was fasting for 40 days. He was fasting for 40 days. He was on assignment. Guess what? As soon as he gets into the fast, guess what happens? Here comes the devil. Aren't you hungry? Turn these, turn these stones into bread. You look like you need something to eat. Listen, whenever you are on a heavenly assignment, the devil will hit you where you are weak. Period. You want to know who the enemy is? It's the devil. Band, help me out. The devil is your enemy. If he's your enemy, why do you keep playing with the devil? Several years ago, I had an opportunity. I was in youth ministry for 12 years, I think. I took a group of kids to New York on a mission trip. About 10 of us or so. We stayed in the Bronx. We were like in the hood. Like, we were like in a Jay-Z song. Jenny from the block. You know, we were there in the hood. We were ministering to the homeless, the drug addicts, the children, laid up on the street. Places you don't go whenever you are in New York City. And we were there. And these, we had a day off and we did all those things that you do when, on a day off in New York. And we went and saw the Statue of Liberty, Staten Island, and we rode the ferry. We went, we, we stepped in uh, um, on, on the market, uh, all those places, the market floor, and, and we, uh, we saw the 9-11 memorial, and we went up to the top of the buildings, and we did all those fun things, Broadway. We went to, we went to all the churches that you're supposed to go to in New York. We went to Brooklyn Tab. We went to uh, uh, Christ Church. We went to Hillsong, New York. We went to all those places. I mean, it was one of those days. We're walking down the street, and these kids see a store that they have to go into. It was Tiffany's. They, they wanted to get the cheapest thing they could get just to get the little blue box to say they were there. And they all had their phones out and they're checking in. I'm at Tiffany's in New York. And they were broke. And we walk in and I'm like, don't touch that. Don't touch that. Don't touch that. Keep your hands. Don't touch that. Don't touch that. And, we're, and I'm, I just felt really out of place. Finally, we get to the back of the store and there was a huge walk-in vault and you could see the lasers. Ding, ding. So if you crossed that plane, alarm would sound. But first, 
there were these two big burly guys, bodyguards, standing there. They looked like the mafia. Like they owned a pizza truck or something. Scary. New Yorkers. And they're standing there. They're not smiling. Mean. Can't go in there. Why? Because it's the vault. The vault is where the diamonds are. The vault, whenever you buy something, it's in that vault. The diamonds, the gold, the jewels. It's where the treasure is inside of the vault. It's where the treasure is. Listen, if you are under attack today, or whenever you do get under attack, if you're not under attack today, you will be soon. Whenever you are under attack, you've got to know that there is a treasure inside of you that the enemy is trying to steal. You are like a vault. You hold the treasure. You are a vault. You hold the treasure. Guess what? The attacker don't care about the vault. The attacker doesn't want the vault. He doesn't care what color the vault is. He, didn't care. he doesn't care what the combination is. He doesn't care how old the vault is. He wants what is inside of that vault. And the enemy is not about you. This isn't carnal. It's about what God has put inside of you that the devil is trying to get to. Mm. It's a treasure. You are a vault, but God has put a treasure inside of you. But I want to tell you today, fear not. This fight is not about you. It's all about the enemy attacking the treasure that God has put inside of you today. But guess what? I've got good news to bring in the middle of all of this. Not only are you blessed, but guess what? The enemy has forgotten what the word says about God's people. He has forgotten in Psalm chapter 34, verse 7, that says that the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. The enemy has forgotten this morning, this morning, your enemy has underestimated that a wall of angels is around you. Somebody should shout. You've got angels all around you and the enemy is trying to destroy you. But all of a sudden, you've got to realize that there is a wall of angels around you. Why? Because you are a vault and you've got a treasure inside of you. And God has commanded his angels to be encamped about around you, not just on Sundays. But guess what? 24 hours a day, angels are circling your premises of your body. Angels are walking around you on guard. They are protecting you. Why? Because you are a vault that's got a treasure that the enemy's trying to destroy. When you walk through Aldi, guess what? There's an angel. When you drive through Starbucks, guess what? An angel is with you. Praise the Lord. When you're walking down Broad Street, guess what? Angels are with you. 
Somebody needs to agree with me today. Whenever somebody pulls out in front of you and almost wrecks your car, guess what? Angels were with you in that moment. Angels were with you. When you've had a horrible day and feel like you can't live tomorrow, guess what? Angels are with you. Yea, though I walk, when you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, guess what? Angels are with you. How can I sit at a table and eat in the presence of my enemies? Why? Because there is a treasure inside of me and angels are all around me. Woo. You are blessed. Would you stand up on your feet? Thank you for listening to the Legacy Church podcast. For more information, visit LegacyChurchRome.org.